episode nine, why I don't make resolutions and what I do instead. Hey friends, and welcome to episode nine of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and I seriously can't believe we're nearly at the end of 2019. We're standing at the edge of a brand new year and a brand new decade. And it's got me thinking about the last 10 years, how much life has changed, how much I've learned, and how my life right now doesn't look at all like I'd pictured when I was a 24-year-old back in 2009. Sometimes life just doesn't turn out the way we expect, right? But even when we experience failure, detours, or a change of plans along the way, we're still growing, learning, and being shaped into who we are to become. Back in episode one, we talked about how any time is a good time for a fresh start, but that there's just something about the new year that makes us want to stand up a little straighter and strive to learn a little more or be a little better. And many of us start by making New Year's resolutions. You know that thing you want to do that gives you butterflies? You can't stop thinking about it. Maybe it's a European vacation, starting a business, or writing a book. Maybe you've got a half marathon in your sights, or you want to make a big career change. Well, my friend, this is your year to get smart and make it happen. But a plain Jane New Year's resolution probably won't get you there. In this episode, you'll learn why I don't make New Year's resolutions, what I do instead, and how you can get smart about setting goals and crushing them so 2020 can be your best year ever. And because I know that you're probably out and about running errands, you multitasker you, I took notes so you don't have to. As usual, all of the details about today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash nine, just the number nine. If you listened to last week's episode, episode eight, when I talked about the simple three-step method I used to plan my year, then you probably already know about the totally free workbook and coaching video I created for you so you can put pen to paper and plan your best year ever. If you haven't listened to episode eight yet, I recommend hitting that pause button and hopping over to episode eight to get the full details on how I plan my year, because this episode takes a deep dive into one piece of that planning puzzle. Okay, for those of you who are heading over to episode eight, I'll see you back over here soon. So as I was saying, I've created something extra special for you a plan your year workbook and coaching video that walks you through the exact steps I share in episode eight and helps you get smart about your goals, like we'll discuss today in episode nine. You can download your workbook and access that coaching video by visiting the show notes, abouttimepodcast.com forward slash nine. But this is a limited time offer, and this planning package is only available for free until 11.59 on December 31st, 2019. On January 1, this planning package is heading over to the ADK shop where it will be available for purchase. So 
don't miss out and make sure you get your hands on this planning package while it's still free. The clock is ticking. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to click that subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes and surprise bonus episodes go live. There's actually a surprise bonus episode in the works right now, and I don't want you to miss it. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you just might get a shout out in a future episode like this one from Al McCraw. Al McCraw was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes for It's About Time. Al writes, cannot wait. Anna changed the way I think about time and accomplishing tasks. I can't wait to listen for more tips and tricks to help me better manage my time. Well, Al McCraw, thank you so much for taking time to write such a kind review. I'm so honored to have you as a listener, and I truly hope that the episodes so far have given you great ideas and tactical tips for living life just a little better. Thanks again for tuning in. All right, well, it's about time we get started, so here we go. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Kornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Kornick. Success is a journey, not a destination. Why, yes, that was the opening line of a speech I gave back at the Miss Preteen Louisiana competition at the Radisson Hotel and Conference Center in Baton Rouge. The year was 1995. I was wearing a bright yellow floral matching set and walked onto the stage carrying a piece of luggage like I was about to embark on a seven-day Caribbean cruise. I was so incredibly nervous that I ended up white-knuckle gripping that suitcase for dear life for all four minutes of my speech. At the time, I'll be honest, I didn't fully understand what that statement meant. Success is a journey, not a destination. Now that I'm a whole lot more seasoned than 10-year-old me back in the mid-90s, I'm not even sure that I agree with that statement wholeheartedly, maybe half-heartedly. First of all, the dictionary would say that success is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose, and I'm not going to argue with the dictionary. But I will add that you have to create your own personal definition of success. I'm certainly not discounting that you can learn a lot along the way, but you've got to be heading in the direction of some destination or else you're just kind of wandering around aimlessly. Am I right? Like the Cheshire Cat and Alice in Alice in Wonderland. Alice asked the Cheshire Cat, who was sitting in a tree, what road do I take? The cat said, where do you want to go? I don't know, Alice answered. Then, said the cat, it doesn't really matter, does it? One way that a lot of folks choose direction for their year is with New Year's resolutions. 
And at this point, you might know that I don't set New Year's resolutions. But before I tell you why, let's run through some resolution stats for fun. Okay, so based on a nationwide survey, the top five New Year's resolutions in the United States are one, exercise to get in shape, two, diet to lose weight, three, save money, four, eat healthier in general, or five, something for self-care. Studies show that people generally think that a New Year's resolution that's focused on personal development, like a hobby or reading more, is the easiest kind of resolution to keep going. And most people also believe that healthy eating or diet changes are the toughest kinds of resolutions to stick to. What do you think? Okay, this is a fun one. When do you think Americans are most likely to give up on New Year's resolutions? Within six months? Nope, try again. Three months? Nope, it's even less than that. One month. Not even. Get ready for this. Strava, a social network for athletes, has found that Americans are most likely to give up on New Year's resolutions on January 17th. January 17th, that's not even a whole three weeks into the new year. Okay, I'm almost done with stats, I promise. According to 2018 research, around 60%, so definitely more than half of Americans, make New Year's resolutions. But only about 8% are successful in achieving them. And this one is kind of funny to me. Regardless of whether or not we achieved last year's resolutions, most of us go ahead and set new ones anyway. And some people even set the same resolution year after year, even though they see little to no progress. Wait, what? (laughs) Albert Einstein, Benjamin Franklin, and Mark Twain have all been probably incorrectly credited with saying, The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. And while no, for all the attorneys listening, that is not the true legal definition of insanity, it does make you stop and think about the logic behind setting New Year's resolutions every year and getting nowhere with them. If you're stuck in the resolution fail repeat cycle, Let's make this the year you step out of the revolving door and get some success for yourself. The not-so-secret to success is setting goals, not resolutions. Okay, so what's the difference between goals and resolutions? By definition, a resolution is a firm decision to do or not to do something, and a goal is the object of a person's ambition or effort, an aim or desired result. A resolution is typically open-ended. I want to eat healthier. I want to run more, spend more time with family. A goal, on the other hand, is specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. You definitely know if you're making progress, and you definitely know when you've hit your mark. 
So which one is more appealing to you? For me, it's definitely goals. And this is why. With a goal, I know exactly where I'm going. There's no confusion about what success looks like. I know exactly how I'm going to get there. And if I don't know the exact steps, I at least know how to get started. And I know how my goal ties into my overall picture of success and what I want in life. So if you're with me and you're up for setting goals in 2020, let's really dive in, shall we? First, let's talk about two different types of goals that you can set in 2020. And if you're a goal-setting pro listening in, yes, there are a lot of different types of goals, long-term, short-term, vision goals, action goals, the list goes on and on. But today, we're focusing on these two, project goals and habit goals. First, project goals are things you want to accomplish that have a set end point, but it takes you multiple steps to get there. Project goals look like running a marathon. It has a set endpoint, the day you run the race. But it takes you multiple steps to get there, literally. (laughs) The training, the stretching, the nutrition, maybe running a 5K or a 10K along the way. Project goals look like redecorating your bathroom. It has a set endpoint, the day your bathroom is redecorated. But it takes you multiple steps to get there. Researching, planning, budgeting, shopping, demo, installation, etc., etc. Project goals look like losing 10 pounds. It has a set endpoint when you lose the 10 pounds, but it takes multiple steps to get there changing your diet, committing to a fitness program, etc., etc. Next, habit goals are things that you want to start doing on a regular basis. This could be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, or some other time frame. It doesn't have a set end date necessarily, and it's all about repetition, keeping it up, and not breaking the chain. Habit goals look like waking up at 5 a.m. every workday, getting to the gym three days each week, calling your grandmother every other Sunday to check in, holding a weekly planning session, or maybe organizing your photos at the end of each month. Project goals have an end point and more than one step. Habit goals have no end point and repeat. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at annadcornick.com forward slash quiz, 
I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. So how do we get smart about setting project goals and habit goals in order to set ourselves up for success. Let me break it down for you. SMART, S-M-A-R-T, is an acronym for the qualities of a well-planned goal. And while I wish I could take credit for something so clever, a guy named Peter Drucker came up with it in the 50s. And each letter has come to have different meanings for different people and organizations, So I'm sharing the meanings that are commonly used and that I use with my clients. S, specific. M, measurable. A, attainable or adventurous. R, relevant. T, time bound. So let me elaborate a bit on each piece of the SMART puzzle. First, specific. Is your goal clear? Is it easy to understand? And here's what I mean by that. Let's compare these two different goals. I want to get healthy in 2020 versus I want to exercise three times a week in 2020. The first, I want to get healthy, is pretty vague. Get healthy could mean any number of things. It could mean running a race or changing your diet losing weight, or even meditating. The second, I want to exercise three times a week in 2020, that's crystal clear. There's no confusion and you know exactly what you're doing. Second, measurable. This will look different for project goals and habit goals, but your goal needs to answer the question, how will I know when I'm successful? Or how much? How often? This could look like, I want to run a half marathon by October, or I will renovate the bathroom by July. I will lose 10 pounds. I will organize all of my photos, all being the measurable part. Or like the first example, I will exercise three times a week in 2020. 
Next up is the A, attainable or adventurous. Attainable is probably the most common meaning for the A, so I'll cover that one first. Is your goal realistic? I will climb Mount Everest in February might not be realistic if you've never gone hiking before in your life. I will make $1 million by June might not be attainable if you just started making friendship bracelets as a side gig. And while both of those examples are kind of wild, it can be really easy for our eyes to be bigger than our stomachs and bite off more than we can chew with our goals. So I encourage you to be a realistic when setting your goals. But what's something you want to do that feels impossible? A big, scary, audacious goal, but something that might kind of actually be possible. Something that working toward would stretch you as a person or help you grow as a professional. That's an adventure goal the other side of the A. And I encourage you to set at least one adventure goal for 2020. This might look like breaking your sales record at work or being the top ranked realtor at your firm. Maybe it's starting the business or hitting publish on the podcast. You probably already know what it is in your gut. Okay, so R. This one stands for relevant. How does your goal fit in with the overall big picture of your life? How does your goal or goals align with your long-term career aspirations? How does this move you closer to who you want to be in 5 or 10 or 25 years? Now, I'm, I'm not discounting a fun random goal here or there. One year, I literally set a goal to watch more movies and made a whole list of classic or popular movies I'd never seen before. No, it didn't necessarily contribute to my career success, but it was fun. Do what you wanna. And last, time bound. Just like measurable, this one is going to be different for project goals and habit goals, but typically the T for time bound defines the deadline of a project goal or the repetition frequency of a habit goal. When a project goal is time-bound, it gives you the ability to map out those realistic milestones, the pieces of the bigger puzzle in between the start date and the finish date, so you can space out your work and pace your progress. So, to recap, smart, specific, measurable, attainable, or adventurous, relevant, and time-bound. Okay, last piece of the puzzle. You've set your goals and they're smart. Here are six tips to make good on those goals. Back in episode one, I did a deep dive into how to start something new, and that includes taking action on brand new goals. If you really want to start your year off on the right foot, don't miss episode one, how to start. Six steps for starting with success. But here's the short version. One, make sure you understand your why behind each goal. Being crystal clear on your motivation is your fuel to start and your fuel to keep going. Two, picture the end goal. 
Picture you having already achieved your goal. Having a clear vision of what success looks like keeps you moving forward in the right direction. Three, make a plan and decide how you're going to achieve your goal. If it's a project goal, what steps do you need to take? If it's a habit goal, how can you stick with it and keep it going? Four, find an accountability partner. Accountability comes in all shapes and sizes. This might look like working one-on-one with a coach, joining a mastermind group, signing up for a group coaching program, asking a buddy to keep you in check, or even sharing your next steps on social media and having your friends and followers hold you accountable. No matter how you get your accountability, you're more likely to achieve your goal if you check in with someone regularly. So don't miss this crucial piece of the puzzle. Five, choose a special date to kick off your goal. And remember, you get to decide what special is to you. And if you're not able to start on January 1st, don't wait until January 1st of next year to start again. Any day is a great day for a fresh start. And six, finally, start before you're ready. Even if you're nervous, even if you're scared, there will rarely be perfect conditions or perfect timing. Just go, roll with it, and learn along the way. Clarity comes from taking action. And you can't learn from your mistakes if you aren't willing to step out and make them. So as we're wrapping up, I've got a little bit of a curveball for you. I'm going to set a New Year's resolution. I know, I know this whole episode has been about how I don't set New Year's resolutions and how I set goals instead. So why on earth am I going back on my word and actually setting a New Year's resolution? Here's why. If you remember at the beginning of this episode, we talked about the difference between New Year's resolutions and goals. A resolution being a clear decision to do something or not do something, whereas goals are the object of a person's ambition, an aim or desire, and that good goals are smart, specific, measurable, attainable or adventurous, relevant, and time-bound. But sometimes something you want to do in the new year is more of a feeling. It's a vibe or a state of mind. It's something you can't quantify and you can't put a date on it. So this year, my New Year's resolution is to have more fun. When I look back on 2019 and even 2018, I worked a lot. And don't get me wrong, I love my work. Work is fun to me for the most part, but I didn't spend a whole lot of time just playing or doing stuff for the sake of doing stuff. My husband, Scott, actually got me the piano sheet music to Linus and Lucy, you know, the song from Charlie Brown for Christmas last year. And it's been sitting on my piano for a whole year, just waiting for some right time to happen. And I hate that. To be super honest, I feel a lot of guilt 
for doing things that aren't productive or that don't contribute to the attainment or achievement of a goal. Y'all, I have to work every single day to practice what I preach and make sure that I'm spending time on what matters most to me. It doesn't come easy for me either. And every single moment in life doesn't have to be spent working towards something. So have more fun as a resolution makes sense for me. And maybe it makes sense for you too. And how would you even begin to quantify more fun or define fun? Turning it into a goal and saying, I will have 30 minutes of fun per week just seems ridiculous. But I know that by resolving, by making the firm decision to have more fun in 2020, I can strive to infuse an element of fun or play or recreation into my day. Chances are, because I'm me, I'll add something to my weekly planning session checklist. Maybe even just a question. How will I have fun this week? Just to make sure that I'm keeping it top of mind and not taking myself or life or work too seriously. So there you have it. Two ways to set your intentions for the new year are to make resolutions and set goals. In the long run, goals will likely get you closer to making real change in your life. So I tend to prefer and recommend goal setting in the vast majority of situations. And making resolutions are perfect for those intangible feelings or ideas that you want to infuse throughout your year, like having more fun. I'd love to hear what you're dreaming and planning for in 2020, your goals, and maybe a resolution or two. So head over to the It's About Time podcast community on Facebook, and you can go straight to it by visiting abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community. As always, all the details from today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash nine. And while you're there, don't forget to download the limited time only totally free 20 page workbook and coaching video that will walk you through the exact steps I use to plan my year and make sure you're set up for smart goal success. That planning package heads over to the ADK shop on January 1st, so don't miss it. There's also a bonus podcast episode dropping soon, so be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss that either. And be sure to tune in next week for episode 10. Episode 10 features an interview with Logan Dorries. Logan owns and runs not one, but two creative businesses, is the mom to 10-month-old Shepherd, and is one of the leaders of the New Orleans chapter of the Rising Tide Society. You'll hear Logan's perspective on personal and professional development, as well as what it's like to work with a business coach. You won't want to miss this episode, and Logan's positive attitude is so uplifting and contagious. All right, that's it for today. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. 
Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.